And now, Ravage Love. the bell tower. The victims have been bled. Red velvet lines the black box. Bella Lugosi's dead. Undead! It's episode 26! Season 5 of Ravage Love, Iraqtober. Ha ha! Ha ha ha! It is our last episode of Iraqtober, and uh, Renee is ending it with a cold, so she's giving us a really grovelly voice today, which adds to the spooky ambiance. Thank you. It's from chewing on bones. <laughs> Gargling <We're>... blood. <laughs> Renee is the goth mom, so it feels very apropos. Uh, it's really, I mean, I can't emphasize enough. It, we are a golden retriever black cat friendship, and Renee just really comes alive um, in this moment. And when you used to live in my same city, you used to hold some really raging, amazing halloween parties and yeah, one of the last I, I get ones those like photos through my google photos and stuff that reminds me and i was like look at my body like <laughs> two kids ago i'm like wow girl i was just thinking about i think one of your very last parties your very last halloween parties before you moved away i was rosie the riveter and you were like the only person who knew what the fuck my costume was i even had like a speech bubble and everything but you were elvira Queen of the Night. Oh yeah, I was. And it was an incredible costume. I have a really great selfie of us from that party. Um, and then because it's October, been getting, you know, the algorithm is delivering the goods. And so you sent me a very, uh, yeah. is it spicy? What would we say spicy? Tantalizing? Tantalizing clip? I would say that it's inspiring. <laughs> and, I mean, it's absolutely inspiring for perky titted women everywhere of Elvira, former showgirl, just nipple tassels, just, oh my goodness, Zoe. Zoe has feelings. She loves Elvira. She loves Elvira. She's not a black cat, but she wants to be. She has a goth spirit. Um, I know she does. She likes to mope. <laughs> she does. Uh, she likes to hide. She, she does. likes to cry. She does. She loves all those things. She loves a little <laughs> drama. She loves to Honorary fuck- goth. Yeah, she likes to hide when men come around. Um, she's a witch and we love that for her, but I didn't really know anything about Elvira until I actually met you and we became friends. Those mm. movies were not a part of my upbringing at all. I like vaguely knew cause she's, her look was so iconic, but like, it doesn't give me nostalgia, but it certainly does for you. I imagine. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, my, my dad's a lot of terrible things, but what he was good at was distractions when I was a kid, right? So he would let me rent any movie I wanted, um, and I always chose horror movies, and it didn't matter what it was. I was allowed to rent it, um, and sometimes he would just, like, throw stuff in, in for me that he think I would I would like, and one year, I think it was, like, I don't know, like my 12th birthday or something, he was, like... I picked some things out for you kids. I was having like a sleepover and he was like, you're going to love this. And it was a, it was like a Tales from the Crypt movie and it was Bordello of Blood. Um, I didn't know what a Bordello was, but it's exactly what you think it is. Um, and so I got to watch that with all the girls in my class who hated me. Um, they didn't hate me as much after that because I was cool. Hell yeah. But yeah, I watched like everything, like, you know, and, and. Obviously, I watched Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, 1988. It's classic. Mm-hmm. And that clip that I sent you is from that movie. So. Incredible. I, yeah. I mean, we've talked on the show in the past when the news came out that Elvira had a woman partner for quite some time and a hot butch en plus. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, that revelation was enough to really send us in a tailspin <laughs> um because what a smoke show the two of them um but yeah i love that it gives you like honestly when i think about like i just was a hocus pocus kind of halloween person like my family were not into scary movies we weren't into horror we would just like the like yeah the hocus pocus dressing up 
in a costume carving a pumpkin like that was kind of our jam but my childhood bff her and her dad loved horror movies and i saw fucking movies i should not have seen when i was way too young and i was so (laughs) scared of like my own shadow um so yeah like watching chucky and the one that really fucked up my shit was pet cemetery I haven't seen it since um, then, but I'm sure I'd have a different experience now, but oh my God, it haunts me. Mine was definitely Children of the Corn because I grew up in the country and we had cornfields and we had cows. So it was just like corn everywhere. And my dad, knowing that I was just like so creeped up by this movie, he at night we'd go like we'd be driving somewhere and he'd be like, oh no, I don't know what's happening. And he would veer the car towards the cornfield. Um... Just a classic dad. Classic dad. He's the fucking worstest man. Anyway, um, but yeah, I I was obsessed with like two things growing up, and it was like witches and like spooky women and horror and drag queens. I loved drag queens. Like hook me up with some Tu Wong Fu. Like hook me up with like some Priscilla Queen of the Desert. Like those were my movies. Hedwig. Like that's what I loved. and I loved Elvira a lot. And I sent you that clip today and I told you that it like woke up like a core memory that I forgot about. <laughs> because she has the drag look, right? Like she's Oh yeah. Being, she's a showgirl. Like how many drag queens have dressed up like Elvira? Like all of them, right? So um but that scene specifically, I was obsessed. And I I don't even know when I saw this movie. Like I must have seen it. My parents would have still been together, so I was younger than 12. And I remember watching that scene where she, like, wins this thing and saves the day because she can, like, spin her tits with tassels on them, like, a a different – A thousand miles an hour. Oh, yeah. Like, she's going fast. She's going in different directions. Okay. Yeah. And I was like, I want to do that. And so (laughs) I – taught myself okay i let me preface with i also really loved musicals this is known like i love musicals so i watched greece was one of my favorite musicals of all time and there's a moment in greece where jan who's like the ugly pink lady um because she's not um super skinny that's the only reason um she she's like doing this little song where she's like singing about brushing her teeth and then the blonde pink ladies in the background like using her muscles to make her tits like move. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So with that in mind, okay. (laughs) I learned how to do that. Cause I was like, I want to have big tits. Um, and so I could do that at like, what was it like nine years old? So I could do that cause I was a fat girl. So I was very developed already. Um, so I was like, I bet I can do what Elvira is doing. And so I, practiced and practiced swirling my tits around in like <laughs> like the one little like like training bra I had I didn't even have a wire because my mom thought those were slutty which they were like look we remember the clip from Elvira so um I don't even know what I used for tassels probably like yarn or like I uh, it was probably yarn like I probably put some yarn through this bra so this probably was full of holes like I don't even know but yeah I the, my I, my boobs are if I did that now, I'd be like sweeping the floor, right? It wouldn't, it would, it would, it would really be a cleaner floor. But um, yeah, so anyway, all that to say, I saw that clip. I like traveled back through time in my mind. And then I remember little Renee learning how to swing her tits around um, like Elvira because that was peak. That was everything I wanted to be. I wanted to be rough. And I wanted to be tough and I wanted to be sexy and I wanted to not give a shit. And I wanted to be spooky as hell. And I was like, how am I going to do that? I'm going to learn how to swing my tits with perfect control, precision control. <laughs> um, I don't know if I ever did, honestly. I, I can't tell you, but um, I, I practiced and that that's what was unlocked in my mind today. Well, what does Malcolm Gladwell tell us? You, you, 10,000 hours, baby. You clocked in those 10,000 hours, and <laughs> I'm sure you were killing the game. That's Can you so imagine, funny. like, if my mom walked, walked in on me in. doing that? Like, Your mom was I on wasn't, 
an underwire was too slutty and then she's like <laughs> oh yeah and that like tampons gonna... are gonna take your virginity oh like, my mother not <sighs> i wasn't allowed to shave my armpits oh my god my mother let me shave my nothing. armpits but she wouldn't let me shave my legs and then i got teased when i moved away in the eighth grade i moved Aww. to a new city and i got teased because i had hairy legs and so i just was like fuck it and i shaved my legs and then i was doing it for like a couple weeks and then my mom one day just went to like pat my leg about something and then she was like what and she was so mad and i look back on it now and i'm like that's so fucked up like yeah let me own my body and do what i want but but yeah my mom wasn't tampons will steal your virginity but she was definitely an 80s and 90s mom in her like it's gonna give you toxic shock syndrome that was her <laughs> if you shave above the knee you're gonna be a prostitute oh yeah only yeah. fucker shave above the knee yeah it was like a whole yeah. fucking thing god damn your daughters have it, have the good life in the sense that, like, they have access to way more information on these things. And they also have a mom that understands science and bodily autonomy. I literally have a basket of pads on the back of my toilet in, like, a pretty basket that, you know what, has tampons in it. And the basket belonged to my mother. So, shit, mom. <laughs> rest, in rest in peace. Yeah, I was like, RIP, we love you. We love you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, you know what? My eldest daughter doesn't want to shave anything and i'm like you know what more power to you sasquatch you just live your best life well that's the thing right is that it's like i would never force like i don't have children but like i'm glad my mom didn't force me to because that's also not nice right like she didn't push me to adhere to some sort of beauty standard but she didn't let me do what i wanted to do um and that is shitty and not nice so i mean clearly i was not traumatized by it i've survived but my mom was an esthetician for like all of two days, but for her, that meant that she was an esthetician for life. <laughs> and so she believed in her heart of hearts that she knew everything about skincare. And to her credit, like the woman did not age. I don't oh know if God, it's just her genes. your mother died looking 29. fresh to death. Yeah. Truly. Yeah. She looked beautiful. Um, you know, she was having chemo and shit. She didn't even lose her hair. Like she was gorgeous, but I digress. Um, so, but she wouldn't let me shave, but she was like, you can wax. And when I say that she would let me wax, what I mean was that she would let me wax her way. And what she did was she had this mean old 1970s crock pot that she filled with this like orange wax goo and she would reuse it, right? Because she was like, well, the heat burns away the hair, Renee. So she would use it. She would like slather it on her legs, rip off a strip, throw it back in the pot, melt it up. So it was the same wax and she used it for 25 years, I'm sure Jesus of it. Christ. But it smelled so putrid. Like no we're talking Halloween. That's what we're talking about was this wax. I don't even know what it was like was wasn't me from like that old you remember like the oil we used to use for French fries? Like that shit. Oh, like oof. I don't even know. Anyway, so I let her do one. And like the hair was long. So you know she wasn't even a real esthetician because she would have trimmed that shit down. Uh-huh. But I did. So she put it on, she ripped it off, and it was just like, it's like in 40-Year-Old Virgin when he's like bleeding everywhere. It was like that. And I was like, oh my God. And you know what? I, I never let her do the other one. So I just like one long Caribbean um, armpit looking thing going on. You know, I braided it and shit because why not for fun? And then the other one was fine. But I never, I don't, I don't even wax to this day. I use an epilator which is even more sadistic but this because it's like is this what you wanted to do to me mom like just <laughs> ripping the hairs out at the roots yeah it's bad news but i digress yeah stupid um you might moms just let let your kids live their fucking lives let them you, they want to shave past past the knee just let them do it you know what just let them do it you know who shaves past their knee elvira so case in point exactly and just fundamentally like i think there is absolutely a conversation to be had about like you know talking to your kid about do you want to do this or do you feel like you need to to adhere to like beauty standards and blah 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 and like you can absolutely have that conversation like that i think is warranted um it's not innate that women have to shave and all this stuff but i think there's a difference between that and then being like I don't know. I don't know if it was my mom's attempt at like controlling my sexuality in terms of like keeping me a girl forever. I don't know where it was coming from. Um, but 
I'm glad I'm a grown-ass woman now and I can do what I want, which includes reading stupid things. <laughs> uh, going to get, And it's funny, too, because I'm doing laser hair removal. And the first time I went, I was just like, oh, my mom's going to be so mad. <laughs> Even though I think she actually has had her own laser hair removal at some point. But I just was like, oh, man, if eighth grade Julie could see me now. <laughs> I'm at the point where it's like, I will do whatever it takes to continue to be able to trick men and lure them down to my basement for blood sacrifices. Um, just for, it's for fun, right? It's like, I think, I think it's really important to nurture yourself of wonder, like your sense of wonder, right? And yeah. like your imagination and through like blood ritual, blood magic, that kind of stuff. I would never, I would never use a woman for that. Um, just be, because I don't think they'd want me to. Um, and I care about what women want. But, um, okay, Mel you know, I, I gotta, hey, excuse you. <laughs> excuse you. <laughs> I mean that I care about women's autonomy. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, 100%. I respect a woman's humanity. I get it. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, which is why I use men for blood sacrifices, not women. But we. That's what that's what I was getting at, Mel Gibson. Way to go! Julie. I mean, you said what women want. I had to. <laughs> Gross. Sorry. There was there was another movie, like before that one, where it was like I don't know, like an old forties movie. Yeah, but could you movie. name a single person from that movie? No, the bit didn't work. Then would it? <sighs> you know I'm right, Renee. You know I'm right. You Probably hate it because it was hate like, it, but you know I'm right. It's probably that that fucking dude from It's a Wonderful Life who was like, "What a woman want?" Oh. You know, he's probably Jimmy like, Stewart. Yeah, that one. I was gonna say, I was gonna say, Rex, the Rex guy from Doctor Doolittle, and I was like, "That's not right." But, um, yeah, he was probably like fucking dick listening to them, and they were all like, "Oh, I just." I wish I could find a man with money. And he'd be like, well, that's all women want. money. Like, it's probably what it was, which is why it didn't work then. So. Now, now if they redid it, it'd be like, the woman would be like, oh, I just, I just want access to safe abortions. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And for men to stop me tooing us. So <laughs> that movie ain't getting made anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> um, on the topic of things that shouldn't be made. Can I tell you what I read this week? <laughs> yeah, tell me everything. <laughs> so, a thing that folks should know, if you are not familiar with romance, if you are not familiar with romance in 2023, which is a lot of self-published, a lot of ebooks, which is great. We love it. Right, Renee? We love that. We love, love the it. accessibility of being able to write whatever you want, whether it's smut, whether it's romance, whether it's Amish fiction. You do you, babes. But mm -hmm. what you notice if you read a lot of these things, if you perhaps have a deranged podcast with your best friend where you read the hey. shit, hey, <laughs> that oftentimes there are just like smutty stock photos that show up in lots of different books. I say this because I had to triple check that I hadn't read this book already. And it turns out it's because the cover was used by another person that I read a few years ago. <laughs> and I could nice. be like, this book looks too familiar. So anyways, knowing that the cover. So I read a book called Halloween Hookup by Ooh. Riley Blackstone. And it's a woman in a thong and a corset <laughs> from behind and she's like putting up her hair in a ponytail. This story, I'm going to call it a story. The author itself calls it microfiction because it was 12 pages. So it also came out in 2020. So this is recent. And um, I'm just going to tell you what it is. Our unnamed protagonist goes to a Halloween party at a frat house. And everyone thinks that she's single because she's a really busy student who just does not have time for men. But actually, it's because she only has time for women. But she has a homophobic family, so she's not out. But she can't help it. She catches glimpses, the cheerleaders, the hot girls at school. Like, she's, she loves a femme. She is femme herself, loves a femme. So it's a femme for femme story. 
So she's going to this Halloween party at a frat house. She's dressed up like a naughty little schoolgirl. And she's a virgin. Oh no. But for reasons that are never explained, decides that tonight, on this night, she's going to put in a vibrator that's remote controlled. And she comes up with all these rules for herself that I will read to you later of when <laughs> she's to hit the buzzer, essentially. So she's at this party, kind of mingling, but, you know, everyone's drunk and she's just, you know, playing her little game that she's created for herself. And then she sees this beautiful hot chick. She's like turning the corner and literally plows into this woman. And she's like, oh my God, is she a, like, is she dressed as a Victoria's Secret model? She's wearing this beautiful black lingerie set. Like, damn. And then the woman's like, oh, sorry, sorry. And then they go their separate ways. And then all of a sudden she's like, why is my pussy vibrating? And where's the remote? And she's like, oh, I can't find the that realizes someone else has the remote and keeps fucking with her and like leading her to somewhere. So she's going and it's like kind of hotter, hotter, colder, hot, cold, but through the vibrations in her pussy. She goes up to a room upstairs. That's where she's led. And when she enters, who do you think is there? Lingerie girl. Um, mm. And she's like, hmm, looking for this. And she's like, I need it back. And she's like, you need this. And then they bang. And then she literally says, I felt around and I felt her pussy was, and I quote, smooth like a cue ball. (laughs) (laughs) Words that have never been uttered in the English language. But here we are. Uh, And then when they're done, she's like, Oh my god. And then the woman introduces herself and says, I'm Scarlet. And I actually sit behind you in economy er, in our um economics class. And she's like, Really? How did you know I was into girls? And she's like, Oh, I saw you checking out girls at the school. And she's like, <laughs> blush, done. <laughs> it's not good. It's not good, no. Renee. It now. I am a femme who has hooked up with femmes. So I'm not saying we're not out there. We're out there. We are in these streets. (laughs) But generally, femme for femme representation comes from straight dudes. (laughs) Or girls that are like, I like girls, but have like never actually acted on it. So like everything about this story struck me as a straight dude wrote this or a woman who doesn't actually fuck other women. Because like, who's fucking... Like, who's a virgin in college but owns a remote control? Like, what is the point of having a remote-controlled vibrator if you're not giving the remote to someone? What is the fucking point? Um, And then, yeah, the banging was just, like, cliched girl fucking. So, uh, I mean, there was fucking, so I should give it something on the spice scale, but it's getting zero to five for me because I just, I couldn't, I could not with the cliches of the story. Uh, And in terms of accoutrement, I'm like, girl, you need to go away from this like you need to skip having the vibrator inside you with the remote and go straight for like the sibian and then you give someone else the remote to the sibian then bob's your fucking uncle bud now you're having a time so that's the accoutrement that is what i would have done to try and salvage halloween hookup by riley blackstone published in 2020 okay i have a question for you fire away and it's a question for everybody because i actually don't know how other people experience this. Um, do you okay? When I use a device that vibrates, mm-hmm. um, if I put it inside me, I don't really feel it. Like I can feel that it's moving, but it doesn't do anything for me. Like not if it's like on my clitoris. Um, I actually don't say it like that because it sounds like clitoris, which <laughs> sounds like an animal. Um, like on my clitoris, um, but. Like, do you, like, does it feel like anything for you if it's in there? No. No, you're absolutely okay. correct. It's like all those, those, um, all those, like, memes and shit about how, like, women only feel, like, the first three inches of cock and, like, how girth is more important. It's the same thing. 100%. Like, it could be, you could take, like, you know those, like, eggs? Not, like, the eggs, eggs, but, like, a bullet. Sorry. You could take, yeah, like, yeah, a bullet. Yeah. You could take a bullet and shove it up inside me 
And I would know there's something in there, but I wouldn't yeah. be like pleasurable. It would just probably actually be annoying. Yeah, it's like if you just want to give me like a can of Diet Coke and somebody with a tick, like I'm happy. But like if you buy something expensive and it vibrates and it goes inside me, like it's not going to do anything. And I don't understand why people would buy that. It's like use it on the outside. Cool. Use it in your butthole. Cool. But like, was it was it didn't do anything on the inside? Yes, it it, it it that's why I'm like nobody nobody who has <laughs> like it just doesn't because like yeah there's remote controlled like clit stimulators or like yeah. ones that clip into your underwear yeah exactly that I'm like yeah all day long that totally tracks and you can get it now where it's like attached to an app so like your partner could be across the country and they're like getting you off from a distance you're like that's hot I got that but like no and she kept talking about like how like oh it's a good thing the party's loud because people can't hear it and i'm like would you even hear it though what year is this 2020 (laughs) yeah i know but it's like your vibrator should not be super loud also that's what i mean your body if it's inside you like i feel like at best it would sound like oh someone's phone vibrating (laughs) you know what i mean it might (laughs) sound like oh someone's phone is in their purse and it's vibrating like no one's like (laughs) imagine like are you putting a fucking hitachi in there like what's going on babe like, but imagine it was like if something was inside you and you couldn't hear it unless you opened your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Every like, time you go to talk, like, like, what is that? It's like, I, I ate some bees. Like, oh my God. Just <laughs> the bees, not the bees. <laughs> oh my God. I think we're sitting on a horror movie idea of like teeth meets Wicker Man. <laughs> Oh, man, that's so funny. But no, it, it, I just was like, this, this, none of this, it's not working for me. It's not working for me. And I think to me, like I said, it would just be like either you weren't looking for spice and you were just looking for a little story, or you've been exposed to no pornography or erotica in your life. And therefore you're like, ooh, tantalizing. Like maybe, you know, maybe the fucking 17 or something. I don't know. But I do know. That I'm grateful that Halloween hookups was free. Because <laughs> it wasn't terribly written by any means. So I feel like this person has skills. But this was cliched nonsense. So tell me, Renee. Tell me, what did you read? Um, I read something called Hayseed. Um, and it was by one of my favorite authors, Vera Valentine. He wrote one of my favorite, favorite of all time, uh, Ravage Love Reads. Um, the one about the balloon shifters. Oh my fucking God. Yeah. Yeah. And cause I wanted to read something I never read on the show before for Halloween. And I, but I, it needs to be a Halloween one and it has to be something fresh and new. And so this one is about a scarecrow. Ooh. So, yeah. I got a scarecrow one. We haven't done scarecrow. Good. Yeah. It's, it's a real good. It's real good. I loved this book. I loved it. I, oh, it was yay! So, it was just great. It was great. Okay, so before I even get into it, I recommend it. It was only 45 pages. It was worth every second. So, um, I even used my LOL It's Smut notebook this time so I could make a few little notes. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, Hayseed, a Scarecrow Monster Romance by Vera Valentine. Um I loved all the kind of like the corn puns that were worked into it a little bit. Like if you didn't grow up around corn like I did, you might have missed them, but <laughs> I did it. So uh, Maisie Ann, Maisie, like Maze, get it. Yes, yes, Ann. No. <laughs> so she um, she's a farmer and her parents passed away. So she has a corn farm now and uh, she is outside looking for her dog, Petey. Uh, but it's pronounced like it's spelled like P D, like P E E D E E. And I was like, is that a person? That can't be a person. But anyway, so she's out in the cornfield looking for Petey. And uh, she's walking through it. She lives in a town called Kern Creek, like Kernel. And I was like, eh. um, and so she's looking for her dog Petey because she needs to get ready for the harvest festival, which is happening next door at her neighbor's farm. It happens every year. And she loves going. It's like a big celebration for everybody at the end of, end of harvest. Um, if you, it's a very common thing. Um, you get to show off like 
your your harvest and you get to show off your animals and all the things that you grew over the summer it's a lot of fun a lot of cider you get fucked up it's a good time um there's also always demolition derby but this was not mentioned in this story so just fun facts for everybody so anyway um Maisie Ann is out in the corn looking for her dog Petey and she's frustrated because she needs to get ready um and normally like she wouldn't be stressed out about this but um she has a boyfriend named Dan and Dan's been her boyfriend since high school but since they graduated and and they've you know become adults and are living their lives he started to become really controlling but he's also started to become kind of like emotionally abusive and he started to drink a lot and he actually comes from a family where the dad was an alcoholic and he was incredibly abusive and so you know we know this is not gonna go well so she is really mindful of like how she dresses and what she says and you know it just just trying to get by and not provoke dan her boyfriend so she's getting ready and uh, she has to wear a dress because he's of the opinion that women should never wear pants. And I was like, oh, this fucking guy already. I was like, I hope he dies. Um, and so he, um, she's getting dressed and she puts on the wrong shade of lipstick. And she was like, oh, fuck, oh, fuck. But she can't find like the lighter shade that he lets her wear. So she's just sort of like, well, you know what? The Harvest Festival is... Um, it's it's gonna be dark you know it's fine it's fine so she goes over and she's feeling good she's feeling you know pretty and she's feeling confident and she's ready to have a good time you know celebrate the harvest she gets there and her man's already wasted um like in a pickup truck and like the, the cab of it with his pals and he sees her and he starts to like make fun of her and um she's like okay you know let it go and whatever and so he like pulls her aside and he's like you're embarrassing me like you know go wipe that off your face and she can't because it's like a quality lipstick so it's not coming off and um so he is like squeezing her arm and she's like pissed about it but then i'll out of nowhere she kind of finds her courage and so she speak like she stands up to him and all his friends hear it and they're like, Ooh, what are you going to do, Dan? What are you going to do? And so he pulls her aside closer to the corn and he's like, don't ever talk back to me like that again. And she's like, or what? Like, or what? What are you going to do? And so he fucking slaps her and sends her Ooh. flying into the corn. And she wants to like hide and shrink away and whimper and all these things. But she's somehow found this courage and she starts to remember her dad and all the things her dad taught her before he passed away. And one of the things he taught her was how to throw a fucking punch. So she clocks him right in the face and he goes stumbling and he's like blown away because not only has she talked back to him tonight, um, she's hit him back and she knows she's in trouble. So she takes off into the court. Well, Dan gets his friends billy and ryan to also chase her through the corn and she's like oh fuck oh fuck because like they're all gross dudes like they're all like they'll take advantage of a drunk girl like they'll do all these things they're awful dudes and so she's hiding and she's running um and she, she's it says like she feels like it's gone on for hours and hours um but she thinks like she's finally lost them until she hears the sound through the grass, like the corn. And she's like, oh, fuck. Oh, no, they found me. And then who shows up? But her little dog, Petey. Petey showed up. And she's like, she's like, I know that I locked the door before I left, which means that Dan has gone to her house and he's waiting for her there. And she's like, oh, shit. So she's like, well, I have to try and, and deal with this. But she's like, OK, the cop that I know is on shift tonight and if I can just get back to my house and get my cell phone I can call him because she can't bring her cell phone because it makes Dan uncomfortable because he's like oh you're cheating on me who are you talking to dudes and I'm not controlling piece of garbage um but she's like I gotta get back home well she didn't dress for running through the cornfield she dressed to feel pretty so her boots are like rubbing her feet and giving her blisters and she's in pain so She's got her little buddy Petey with her and they're going through the corn and 
he finally he like takes off and she's like oh no pd and so she hears a male voice like gently talking to the dog and she's like well that doesn't sound like dan because dan does not like my dog so she has taken her boot off and she's like kind of limping through the grass and she's she's got her boot in her hand and she's like okay if it is him or one of the other guys like i can fucking clock him with my boot but she gets through and there's like this clearing and she sees a very very tall man in like a straw hat and like hobo clothing and she's like oh who's this guy and next to him is a giant pole and a jack-o'-lantern and she at first is like this guy who's this guy but then she's also like wait he has an open flame in my cornfield and i loved that detail because (laughs) you don't keep an open like that's gonna just destroy everything so she's like hey you who the fuck are you and why do you have an open flame in my cornfield and he's like oh my god i'm so sorry like no no like this this fire's safe don't worry like it's fine um but she sees how her dog's reacting and so she's kind of feels like she can trust this guy because like Petey doesn't trust her boyfriend so she's like okay well i guess i can kind of uh deal with this and so she thinks maybe he's just like a drifter since he said you know like don't worry like after tonight i won't be here and like the the pumpkin will be out don't worry so she thinks he's just like traveling through he's just transient so she's like okay well that's fine like i just i don't want um i don't want to deal with another like bad man tonight so like just let's let's deal with this and so he's like what do you mean you don't want to deal with like another bad man tonight and she's like oh well you know my ex-boyfriend hit me and then she feels really empowered because she's like, oh, my ex-boyfriend. <laughs> yeah. And then she's like, you know, but he was chasing me through the cornfield with two of his friends because I punched him back. She's like, but I think that he's broken into my house, which is why my dog is out. And you could see that, like, he's pissed. He's like, somebody hurt you. And she's like, yeah, but, like, don't sweat it like it's just what they do and she's like it's kind of my own fault for ignoring all these red flags all these years and he's like no 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 no, Maisie like that is not your fault and then she's like I never told you my name and I loved that that detail was in this too <laughs> um and she's like wait how do you okay she's like how do you know my name how do you um like why are you in my cornfield like tell me everything and he's like okay listen he's like this is gonna sound strange um and she's like okay like yeah everything about what you're saying is strange uh this whole situation this whole night is strange and so he's like um she's like what's your name and he's like my name's corbin and she's like okay and then she's trying to like apply her like southern hospitality to this situation i guess and she's like look I'm sorry that I freaked out on you. It's just been a time. She's like, you're really tall. You're, you're like a big guy. Would you come like, walk me back to my house? My feet really hurt. And I'm, I'm worried that my ex is there. And I feel like if you're there, he's not going to do anything violent again tonight. And he's like, Oh, I will guarantee that he won't do anything violent to you tonight. He's like, but I would be more than happy to walk you home. Of course. And so she's like, okay. So they're walking back through the corn and she's asking him questions and he he like can't really answer them and she's like shouldn't you like blow out the candle and your jack-o'-lantern like it's making me nervous and he's like again he like responds you know like by dawn i'll I'll be out of here and your fields are safe like don't worry and but he can't really answer her questions and she's like why can't you answer my questions and he's like well it's the way that you're asking them like you need to ask them differently and so she's asking them all these different ways. And then he's like, look, why are you limping? And she's like, well, my feet are torn up in my boots. So he's like, could I carry you? And she's like, he seems like he really wants to carry me. So she's like, okie dokie. So she lets him carry her. And then um, he's, she's like, well, how do I have to ask you these questions? And I guess like she has to claim him Um because he can only answer questions or do things for somebody that's claimed him. And she's like, okay. 
So she's like, I claim you and tries to make like a joke about it. And then <clears throat> I guess he smiles and she gets all like horny because she's like, he's so fucking hot. Uh, but she can't really see him because it's dark out. And so he starts calling her his radiant harvest. And I was like, that's an interesting line. Okay. <laughs> um, but then she's like, I forget my question. He's like, no problem. So they get through the grass. And then as soon as they do, Dan bursts out of the house and he's like, Maisie Ann, you get your ass over here right now. And she's scared. Like her feet hurt. She's exhausted. She's scared. So she's like, Corbin, please, can you just stop him? Because she's really scared. And he's just like, you're fucking right I can. So here's where things get like crazy. Okay. So he's like, no problem. And then these vines shoot out of the ground. Woo. And he wraps up around Dan. And Dan's like stuck. And then Corbin, as he's walking into the light of the house, she can see that like, he is obviously a scarecrow because he's got like stitches kind of like sh shitty stitches on his face and he's got hay and like leaves and shit coming out of him and she's like oh this is weird this is a really weird situation but she's like okay well he saved me from dan so <coughs> she's like i'll allow this and so corbin has him all wrapped up in these vines and starts dragging him back into the corn and she's like you know, I can't let him kill him. So she runs in after them. And then the the clearing that they were in was now suddenly closer because it's ma magic, right? And she's like, hey, Corbin. She's like, look, um, can we maybe not murder him? <laughs> like, is there another way? She's like, if we had to murder every man in this town that like hit his wife or his partner, like we'd have to kill everybody. So is there another thing we can do? And he's like, yes. He's like, you're as, as wise as you are beautiful. And so he basically like stuffs Dan's mouth full of like leaves and shit and ties him down. So he's like stuck to the ground and he's like, okay. And then he gives her this story about how like, He's actually, like, a protector from, like, her ancestors who, you know, made it so that he could protect the land and protect their kin. And he's an old magic spirit of the harvest and all this stuff. And so, obviously, we know he's, like, full of magic. He doesn't like bad men, which we love. Love to see. Um, and uh, he suggests, like, let's just, like, fuck with this guy. Um, and he is like, let me, let me just, let me just tie up this dude and we'll see what we can do. And she's like really into how pissed off, uh, her boyfriend got after she gave Corbin a kiss on the cheek to be like, thank you for helping me. Um, so she's like, this turns me on to see my ex-boyfriend, the abusive asshole tied down like this, freaking out. So they turn him into a cuckold, Julie. <laughs> Holy! Um, and so he, um, the magic scarecrow, uses his magic and makes like a special little seat with all his pumpkin vines and um, uh, makes a little seat up against the scarecrow pole and he eats her pussy. And then uh, she loves it because she's never had an orgasm with a dude before. Um, and her boyfriend's losing his damn mind and she's like, yum, 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 I'm a goddess and I'm powerful and all this stuff and like, fuck you, Dan. And then um, she loves it and has a great time. And then Dan is able to spit out some of his like dirty leaves and he's like, that's gross. You don't do that with like a woman's like baby maker. And then uh, she's like, hey, I think we should do something like that again. And so Corbin's like, you got it. And he gets down and she's like, nay, nay, I want to do more stuff. So she pushes him down and she's like, let's, let's fuck. Um, and, um, they do. And he's got a little surprise in his pants. Um, and then, uh, she's like, this is great. And she loves that. Like Dan's all pissed off about it. And then, um, what happens? Yeah. Dan's, Dan's pissed off. Um, but he's like pitching a tent the whole time. So <laughs> they like make fun of him for it. Um, but she's like, Corbin, 
I, you know what, as, as the person who's claimed you, I can't let you go and wait for you for like next harvest. So like, what do we do here? And he's like, well, there's like some magic we can do. Here's the magic spell they have to do. Okay. They need another vessel. They got Dan. So they're going to turn Dan into a scarecrow so he could think about his crimes against women for at least a year or longer. So they have to wrap him up in vines and, and leaves and shit. But the only way that he can actually turn into a scarecrow and then Corbin can become a man again is for Dan to fuck the little pumpkin that um, he, that Corbin had with him. Now, the Corbin or the pumpkin is like sentient and shit. And we only know this because at one point when Corbin was carrying Maisie, um, she was holding on to the pumpkin for him and she felt a tongue lick her finger. And it was mm. the pumpkin's tongue. And she was like, ew, gross. So she tells Dan, she's like, we can be together if you fuck this pumpkin. And he's like, okay, fine. And then they leave him there to fuck the pumpkin. And then he turns into a scarecrow and they live happily ever after. Jesus um, Christ, Renee. It was so great. I loved every second of the story. Um, I loved the revenge. Every book always gets like points for me when a woman gets revenge um immediately uh it had a dog and it was a good boy and i like good boy dogs they're good it had a spicy uh scarecrow that was worshiping this woman and it brought out the woman in her julie multiple times um and worshiped her like a harvest goddess and i'm here for that it wasn't too hot out which again i also love and i can't do the heat so that they were having sex in a field is nice um they had mood lighting which was a ring of jack-o-lanterns which i also like um and he put in the effort the time and effort you know and he led by her example you know whatever it was that she wanted and um you know uh, five out of five um now I'm going to give it a five out of five spicy polentas because it was <laughs> it was great. But I'm going to I'm going to tell you the accoutrement after I read to you my part. Do Recall it with that. hundred okay. percent. Do it. All right. It's 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 real quick. It's real quick. It's just I'm just going to share with you what she found when she took off his clothes. OK. Here we go. Okay. <clears throat> I glanced over my shoulder, met Dan's stricken gaze, unable to stop watching, though I'm sure some part of him wished he could. The front of his pants was was so distorted he looked like he'd bust through his zipper. I stifled a giggle and hoped it hurt. I dropped to my knees beside Corbin, pushing him back, uh, pushing him to his back with a gentle palm, ensuring the ankle was perfect to show off everything to Dan. Let him see it done right for a change, the miserable shit. Corbin gave me a mild look of panic as I tugged off his shoes and busied myself with the old-fashioned buttons on his pants. His hand closed over mine for a moment, drawing my attention. Corbin, is this... I mean, do you not want me to? I'm sorry, I, should, I shouldn't have assumed that you wanted... I twisted my fingers together nervously, guilty, guilty that I'd crossed a boundary without asking. His laugh was warm as he squeezed my hand, affectionately brushing his thumb over my wrist. Not at all, my radiant harvest. I want you with every piece of me, every part of my soul. Never doubt that. Only you can give me pleasure. I simply didn't want to shock you. I am a man, yes, but only made by magic. The harvest made me, and it is an indelible part of me, even here. He guided my hand to its previous work, using our twined fingers to fold back the edges of his pants. Firm and familiar, the silky sheath of the green corn husk met my curious fingertips, lying thick and warm where I had expected a cock. In the overlap of the sheath, a pale, uh, a pale yellow gold cock head was staring, starting to peek out, glistening with precum, and visibly throbbing. Um. Yeah, his, his dick's a cob of corn, um, and it's really big, and his pubes are um like corn silk you know those strings mm -hmm. so my accoutrement is floss oh yeah very so smart yeah very yeah. smart because i love just gnawing on a knob of corn but god yeah. damn what it does to your teeths afterwards appalling well, not even that but it's like if you've ever eaten a cob of corn you know as an ontarian i know you have um there's like those strings and some if she's if she's going down on a cob of corn dick then she's gonna get those little hairs 
stuck in her teeth and they're wor- they're the worst than the than the kernel itself, right? So um she could use that floss to get the hair out of her teeth. You're so thoughtful, Renee. Thank you. Um, you know, and and anyway, she has like really good sex with this corn cob man, and um, because she controls him, he can't come till she says so. So she leans over and she's like, "Come for me, Corbin," and he's like, "Okay." And that comes all over the place. I think I like to think of it as like a chowder situation. But <laughs> whatever. Um, ten out of ten. I said five earlier. This is a ten out of ten book. You know what? This is an eleven for revenge. Oh my goodness! Wow. Yeah. I all loved right. it. I well, I'm glad for you. <laughs> if it wasn't in October and I had read this, I would have like maybe done like a if I only had a brain instead of oh, you know, admit, more gotcha. of, more of a scarecrow effort, right? Gotcha. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good call. Yeah, yeah. I I loved it. It's a it's a it's good. You know what? If you're Valentine's crushing it, like she can do no wrong. I'm I'm uh, two for two, two for two. I'm Love sorry, those odds, shit though. Yeah. <laughs> Love those odds. <laughs> um I'm gonna read you a quick little page from my book just to give you a little little taste, a little amuse bush, if you will, to the absurdity of this book. And not okay. absurd in the way that yours was. This is like earnest and yet not good. So this is her. Uh, she's arrived at the frat house. She's has told us that she, um, is wearing a schoolgirl uniform and that she's queer. For my personal pleasure, I slipped a remote controlled vibrator inside my virgin pussy. Yes, I'm a virgin and not in the I'm a lesbian who hasn't fucked a guy technicality kind of virgin. I've never been with anyone, never had a boyfriend or girlfriend. I kissed a girl once in high school. She was my first crush, and she was open about her sexuality. She was the only person I ever told about mine. I kissed her the day her parents moved out of state. I haven't seen her since. Sorry, I'm rambling. You wanted to hear about my hookup. So, with the remote in hand and vibrator in pussy, I went to the party. To make the party fun for me, I set up rules for using the vibrator. Rule number one. Five seconds every time a drunk guy hit on me. Rule number two. Five seconds every time I get offered a beer. Rule number three, 10 seconds every time I see a breast. No specification on man or woman. Rule number four, uh, five seconds for every sexy vampire or zombie I see. And rule number five, 60 seconds every time I want to leave and go home, but won't for another half hour. The last rule is my prize for me to keep me from running home after five minutes. And then she runs into fucking Victoria's Secret model and the rest is history. Those rules are dumb. My rules would be like, until you come, if you find a spooky charcuterie. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, again, I'm... I was not impressed with my book this week, but I also just, I don't really have the best luck when it comes to a Rocktober. The Dead Romantics was better, but I generally find, I don't know. I don't know if it's because I'm just not, uh, like Halloween kind of gal in terms of like spooky is not my job. I don't know, but maybe I gotta <sighs> pick your books next year. Oh my God. No. Cause it'll, I'll, it'll haunt me. <laughs> I love you to death, but oh man, I'm afraid of my own shadow, girl. Okay, but what's not okay? My book was vegan. Okay, (laughs) you are correct. You are correct. It was vegan, and not like my book the other week. That one was definitely not vegan. I wouldn't have chosen that one for you, but this one, it had like an abusive man, boo, who gets his comeuppance, yay! True, and then you know I love revenge, man. Yeah, you know, I love corn. Who listens to instructions. Yeah, honestly, you know what? If this hadn't been in October and you were just like kicking it, then I would have expected you. <laughs> I would have expected you to be like, "It's corn." 
I know. That song with that kid. I couldn't I couldn't just give it away like that. No, that's fair. That's absolutely fair. But this I'm not oof. you know what, last year in October, not only did I bring the heat with the with the openers, I also named every episode off of like like a horror movie. Yeah. Like a horror it. movie sequel. Killed like it. I crushed it last year. This year was not my year. Um It's not your year so in a million ways, so we're we're gonna be patient and kind. Yeah. But I'm happy. I'm happy with what I read. And I'm happy I read Vera Valentine. And I'm happy that I have more opportunities to read more Vera Valentine this year. Um, I'm going to make those opportunities. And yeah, 10 out of 10. But yeah, I would recommend this book for you, Julie, because it has everything I know you like. There's no blood. Oh, great. Yeah, not even when not even when, when she punched him or he hit her. There was no blood involved. There was no... Even like... The worst, the worst thing, the only thing I think that would give you the ick in this is at the end, when they're walking away from Dan and he's fucking the pumpkin, they describe it as squelching because he's fucking the pumpkin. And then like the sound of him coming, which is like him, like barking like a seal. And I'm like that Julie wouldn't, nobody likes that. No. Nobody likes the word squelching. No. This was a great book. It was a great book. Well, I'm very happy for you. But I'm also approved. <laughs> I'm also very happy that uh, we are done with the Rocktober TBH. Uh-huh. Um, but we're not done with the show, y'all. You're stuck with us. We got more gems coming down the pipe. Obviously, December is going to be our holiday month, which is really my time to shy because God damn, I love a Christmas romance. But we have November just around the corner. So Next week, what are we doing, Renee? Sequels. Sequels! So this was Renee's brilliant idea. We have read many books on the podcast, just period, but many books on the podcast that also have sequels that we have our hands on. So next week, we're going to read the sequel to a book or series that we've already read on the podcast. I'm very excited. It's such a great idea. Excited. Such a and such it, a great idea. I feel like we should do one like a season. Yeah, like, I agree. One, I yeah, a lot of schools, and I can't read them all for next week. Yeah, no, I think it's such a great idea. So Thank stick you. around, folks. You are full of beans and full of great ideas and full of corn. The da 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 da. I can't remember what the lyrics are now, but uh, the child. <laughs> it's cool it's got the juice it's got the juice that's the part i did but i couldn't remember the in-between part uh yes we have you have lots of great ideas and some are disturbing but yet you always find a way to make them entertaining so we love that i'm so glad we got to chat you too happy halloween happy halloween renee I'm just about to say, Halloween. Hey, <laughs> we didn't do it yet this this season. Yeah, it was. It, I was waiting for it. Uh, are you Boo Boo or are you CC? I never. Remember. I think you're CC. I love you, CC. I love you, Boo Boo. Wanna <laughs> <laughs> sing us out? Sure do. Halloween. <clears throat> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Ravage love, ravage love. Bye. Bye. Artwork for the show is created by Karen McKnight. Very special thanks to Josh Shenfield for production assistance. You can find Josh on Instagram at Fushigiyami. That's F-U-S-H-I-G-I-Y-A-M-I on Instagram. Connect with us at Ravage Love on Instagram and Twitter or by email at ravagelove.podcast at gmail.com. I heard quite the racket. Deep in the castle, the vampires jacked it. The zombies all fucked in the graveyard grass. Wolfman wolfed down Frankenstein's ass. 
They did the monster fuck. The monster fuck. It was a graveyard fuck. They did the fuck. Those monsters sucked and they fucked. They did the fuck. They did the monster fuck. Oh, the beasts all fucked as the orgy spread. Bigfoot gave the headless horseman head. Swamp Thing jerked off in the castle moat while Dracula gagged from the jizz in his throat. The fucking was wet. There was spooch like mad. Igor decided to fuck his own dad. The mummy let out a horny moan when Medusa's bare tits turned his dick to stone. They did the fuck. They did the monster fuck. The monster fuck. It was a graveyard fuck.